I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This is the Turn on the Jets podcast. I don't have to convince any one of those eight defensive coaches how effed up I am. These players, they want to defend MetLife Stadium for you guys. Here's your host, Joe Caparoso. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn on the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Joe Caparoso, owner of TurnOnTheJets.com. Today, going to do a quick little Sunday, fun day, 20-ish minute run through the Jets' current depth chart at this stage of free agency, uh, along with offer some thoughts on some of the debate going back and forth on some of their recent free agent transactions. Uh, As a reminder, subscribe, rate, review. This podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. Uh, We will continue with weekly roundtables, as we did a few days ago with Dalvin Osario, Daniel Eason, and Greg Armstrong, who've also done a great job at TurnOnTheJets.com, recapping all the Jets' recent transactions. Every move they've made, uh, from the internal free agents they've brought back to the new free agents they signed, there is an article available there breaking it down. Also, Scott Mason on the Play Like a Jet feed has had daily reaction shows, which will continue throughout the week. If you have not yet, make sure to subscribe and check out Badlands at turnthejets.podbean.com. That is a 10-part audio docu-series hosted by myself and Connor Rogers on the New York Jets' past 10 years of history with a great range of guests. We have done two new shows in the past week, uh, breaking down free agency, uh, including an interview with Manish Mehta in an episode that came out yesterday. We will will be recording another episode this week, uh, likely with Connor Hughes and Brandon Thorne, uh, breaking down what is still to come for the Jets in free agency and the Jets' offensive linemen that they have signed. Uh, before we jump jump into breaking everything down, want to remind you guys that this podcast is brought to you by Simply Safe. Because every night, local police departments across America receive hundreds of calls from burglar alarms. The vast majority of the time, they have no idea whether the alarm is real, if there's really a crime going on or not. All the alarm company could tell them is the motion sensor went off. Simply Safe is different. If there's a break in, Simply Safe uses real video evidence to give police an eyewitness account of the crime. That means police dispatch up to 350% faster than a normal burglar alarm. You get comprehensive protection for your entire home. Outdoor cameras and doorbells alert you to anyone approaching your home. Entry, motion, and glass break sensors guard inside. Plus, Simply Safe protects your home from fires, water damage, and carbon monoxide poisoning. It's 24-7 monitoring by live security professionals, and you can set up the system yourself. No tools needed, or Simply Safe can do it for you, and it's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. Check out simplysafe.com slash overtime. You'll get free ship- shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash overtime so they know our show sent you. Simplysafe.com slash overtime. Got to support the sponsors here, uh, friends. So what I wanted to do, you know, we're about a week into free agency. I wanted to go through the Jets' depth chart, uh, where it currently stands right now. I think 
free agency will obviously slow down a bit in week two, not that the Jets have been you know, exceptionally active. I do think a few more dominoes are still going to fall, and we'll make sure that we have that covered throughout the week. But just, just wanted to take a step back on this Sunday uh, when you're hopefully practicing social distancing and self-quarantining, maybe having a nice little mid-afternoon cocktail, and uh, talk about this depth chart. So let's start with the offensive line, which is the most reworked unit at the moment, as Joe Douglas has stayed true to his word and stacked up additions on the offensive line. As it stands now, and I think there will be movement to this, your Jets starting offensive line is George Fan at left tackle, Alex Lewis at left guard, Connor McGovern at center, Brian Winters at, I'm sorry, not Brian Winters at right guard anymore. It's been so long. Greg Van Routen, who they sound last, signed last night from the Panthers at right guard, with Brian Winters the backup and likely to be released in the coming days. Chuma Adoga at right tackle. Your backups, Jonathan Harrison, Connor McDermott, Ben Braden, and the recently signed Josh Andrews. A uh, lot of new faces, and there should be more new faces added in uh, during the NFL draft, if not another addition or two throughout free agency. So look, there's been no question that Joe Douglas has made offensive line of focus. He signs Fant, who is likely to start. He signs McGovern, who is definitely going to start. He signs Van Routen, who is definitely going to start, I would say. And he signs Josh Andrews as a backup while bringing Alex Lewis back as a starter. And I think when you look at this unit, you know, I, I had a, you know, a tweet back and forth with Brandon Thorne last night about what are your sort of thoughts holistically on it? And I, th- I thought he gave... From everything I've seen and read, a, re- a really reasonable response, that it's still a below-average unit uh, where McGovern is your best overall guy. The rest of them are probably average to below-average until they prove otherwise. Now, some Jet fans are getting upset about that. I think a couple things could be true at once. They are definitely improved from last year, which is a good thing. And it is also a good thing that Joe Douglas has focused on this and been smart with how he's been structuring these contracts. This is going to be a process that's not going to happen overnight. I do think realistically to say this unit on paper right now is anything but below average is not honest, and it's probably coming with uh, some fan bias towards it. Now, again, they're going to make additions through the draft. They are going to make some changes. They're going to have some competition. Could this net out to being about a league average unit? Sure, if a few things break right. Could also have a few injuries and things that break wrong. That puts it back in the same range it was last year. I would say they've made incremental improvement from last year. I would say they still have a lot of question marks as it stands right now uh, because we have no proof that George Fant could be a competent starter for 16 games at a tackle position. And the same goes for Chuma Adoga. And I think when you look at a guy like Van Routen, you know, I, I think let's take a step back and be honest here. And this is why I like to go to a guy like Brandon Thorne who spends his entire year breaking down every offensive lineman in the NFL. Uh, and he's not a Jets fan, so he's going to give you sort of a unbiased opinion. So I liked over the past couple of weeks, once Van Routen name surfaced, to look at what guys like him say and guys who have been following the Panthers closely. Just like if Brian Winters signed somewhere else, people are going to go to people who follow the Jets and say, what do you think about Brian Winters? And most Jet fans are going to say, yeah, he can't really stay healthy. Uh, he's kind of up and down, tough guy, but you know, I don't know if I feel great about counting on him to be a starter. And you know, the feedback on the Panthers, it's interesting because you look at something like Pro Football Focus, he grades out really well in pass protection, but you go through coverage of the Panthers last year and he's regularly cited as a weak spot in their pass protection and kind of a weak link on the offensive line uh, while being pretty steady in run blocking. Uh, And he's avoided penalties well throughout his career, which is definitely a positive. We know he missed five games due to injury last year. So somewhat similar to Alex Lewis, there are some durability concerns there. And, you know, I think that is probably 
a reasonable, unbiased look at this guy. He's, from what we've seen over the past few years in Carolina, he's probably about a middle-of-the-road starter with some durability questions who the Jets think could be an upgrade in their scheme over Brian Winters. Is that a guarantee? No. Is there a chance that it could happen? Sure. I mean, I think I don't think as a Jet fan it's worth getting mad at a third party who's not a Jet fan saying, okay, I've actually heard of this guy and you know watched him play extensively before my team signed him. And think here are the weaknesses and strengths in his game. And the interior of the Jets offensive line, the strength is McGovern. The guys around him probably have some question marks. Uh, You know, 99.9% of Jet fans, myself included, did not know who Greg Van Routen was 30 days ago. And like for me, you know, I've heard the name before. I've seen some Panthers games, but do I have a a deep understanding of him? No. So am I going to stand on a table today and say he's a great starter? No. Because there's a reason that most people don't know him because he's been probably like somewhere between the 25th and the 55th best guard in the NFL over the past few years. Uh, So he's not a common household name and that's okay. We got a long time to dive into his strengths and weaknesses. So in the interim, I like to go to, you know, third parties who are not biased to be like, this guy has to be great or this guy has to be terrible. Net net though, I think Jet fans should be happy that Joe Douglas is focusing on these positions and that this unit does have a chance to have a lot more depth at a minimum and be better than they were last year. You know, you look at a guy like Andrews, he's played 98 snaps in his pro career in six years, so it's really hard to have any kind of evaluation of him. I think they see him as a Tom Compton replacement, a guy who uh, signed elsewhere, um, and hopefully he's not someone who's pushed into a lot of action. Uh, Beyond that, I'm still expecting offensive tackle at 11, and whether that moves Fant to the right side or they plug and play the rookie on the right side remains to be seen, Uh, but it'll be curious to see how this unit comes together, and hopefully, you know, through some competition in camp, they stay healthy, and if they could be somewhere in the 18 to 20 second range as the best overall offensive line in the league, that's a pretty big improvement from what they were last year, which is probably like the 30th to 32nd best offensive line in the league, so that's really been the core of your Jets offseason. The rest of their depth chart is sort of untouched. So at receiver right now, we don't have an answer on Robbie Anderson yet. I think each passing day makes it more likely that he comes back, uh, which is a good thing for the Jets. It looks like he's going to be in a situation where he's going to probably take like a one-year prove-it deal. You just got to wonder, does he want to take that with the Jets or does he want to take it in a more proven high-power offense where he thinks he could put up more gaudy numbers to sign a contract? Uh, so right now, the Jets receivers under contract are Jamison Crowder. We know he'll be back in the slot next year. Quincy Inouye remains to be seen if he'll be healthy or be available. The Jets still may ultimately move on from him. And then really beyond that, you have a lot of special teamers and question marks. Josh Bellamy, Braxton Berrios, Vincent Smith, Josh Doxson. I'm not sure, you know, we're counting on any of these guys to be major contributors. You know, Anderson's not under contract. Marius Thomas isn't under contract. There's some work to be done there. At tight end, we know the Jets have Chris Herndon, Ryan Griffin, Daniel Brown, and Trevin Wesco. I think those will be the four guys they go into camp with. What three ultimately make the roster, I don't know, but you should feel good that's going to be their tight end unit. At running back, really, Le'Veon Bell is the only noteworthy name under contract right now. Um, Bilal Powell's a free agent. Ty Montgomery's a free agent. I would expect Powell back. I would not expect Montgomery back. The rest of the guys floating around, I I think, are camp bodies or will not be on the team next year, and that's guys like Kenneth Dixon, Josh Adams, and Trenton Cannon. Um, And then at quarterback, there is no backup on the roster right now. Uh, You know, Darnold 
it remains to be seen who the Jets are going to sign. And is that Matt Moore? Is it Case Keenum? Is it Trevor Simeon? Is it Joe Flacco? Getting someone with some credible starting experience would be a positive because the Jets are 0-6 the past two years when Sam Darnold does not start. And based on his first two years, it's not an unrealistic assumption to think he could miss a few weeks at some point. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Defensively, the Jets have not made a lot of additions here yet, right? They brought back Brian Poole to be their slot corner. They've released Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts. Thank goodness both guys stunk and were overpaid, which leaves their cornerback depth chart around Poole being Blasson Austin, Arthur Mollett, who they also brought back, um, Nate Hairston, and then hopefully some more veteran additions and some more additions through free agency. Obviously, that's a pretty thin group right now. Uh, at safety, they signed Marquise Christian from the Rams, a guy who probably replaces Rontez Miles as a third or fourth safety and special teamer. They still have Matthias Farley under contract as a backup to Marcus May and Jamal Adams, who both will be back. At inside linebacker, there's been no movement on Avery Williamson, which would mean that the Jets group of inside linebackers will be him, C.J. Mosley, Blake Cashman, and Neville Hewitt, who was resigned. Pretty good depth at that group there. Uh, James Burgess and Paul Warlow are still unsigned. Would not be surprising if one or both of them ended back, ended up back here at some point. At edge, pretty thin right now with Jordan Jenkins not under contract and unlikely to come back. That means basically you're looking at Harvey Langhai, Terrell Basham, uh, Frankie Louvu. Uh, outside of Basham, I'm not sure there's a guaranteed guy who they have right now who's definitely on the roster next year. I think this is a position that you know still kind of needs an overhaul. I would not be surprised at all if the Jets sign Eddie, sign Vinny Curry uh, to line him up, um, you know, to give more flexibility and more options as a re- as a edge rusher, uh, and then the defensive line. Always a strength and depth spot for the Jets. They still have Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson, Quentin Williams, Kyle Phillips, Nathan Shepard, and Foley Fatukasi, and Jordan Willis under contract. Uh, so a lot of depth and a lot of options there. I don't know uh, if we'll see any real additions there. Hopefully the Jets are not spending a draft pick on a defensive lineman at this point with how many different bodies they have there. So, you know, when you look at that overall, I think the story of this offseason so far has been they've cut a lot of fat. Uh, that's Tremaine Johnson, that's Daryl Roberts, that's letting guys like Brent Quali and Tom Compton walk. Uh, it's likely uh, letting Brian Winters go and potentially maybe letting every Williamson go at some point. The new additions have been all focused on the offensive line. The Jets' net new signings have all been offensive linemen except for Marquise Christian. Um, so you're looking at you know four new bodies there and Alex Lewis being brought back. Edge rusher still remains a spot that needs to be addressed. Wide receiver still remains a spot that needs to be addressed, and it seems fine that they've been patient with Robbie Anderson with how the market's breaking. Cornerback, definitely a spot you'd like to see addressed. And then backup running back and backup quarterback uh, are positions that uh, they will probably need to sign some bodies to at some point. So in terms of how to expect, what to look for this week, you know, a couple other internal decisions. What happens with Robbie Anderson? Does he take a one-year deal here? Does he take a one-year deal here? 
deal elsewhere? Is there another team who will give him a multiple year, year deal at over $10 million per year? That remains to be seen. If Ravi goes elsewhere, do the Jets tri- pivot to trying to trade for Alshon F- uh, Jeffrey, uh, maybe signing Brashad Perryman? Uh, do they go after a guy like Albert Wilson if the Dolphins release him? How do they fill that depth chart if Robbie leaves, or do they just bring Robbie back and wait until the NFL draft? At edge, I'm not anticipating Jordan Jenkins back, so do the Jets sign Vinny Curry and then maybe wait to the draft to add more bodies there? At corner, Pierre Desir was just released by the Colts. Is that a name they could go bring in as a veteran, or is there someone else that they have circled? Could they potentially go trade from someone if they're not feeling great about that depth chart right now? And then, you know, did they go take care of a guy like Bilal Powell and Trevor Simeon and bring them back as primary backups this year? Or are there external people that they're targeting instead? Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how all that breaks down. But, you know, a lot of the moves we're kind of talking about here really outside of potentially what's going to happen with uh, Robbie Anderson. Uh, It's hard to say that. Uh, there's going to be any massive moves here. Maybe there's a trade up the jet sleeves. We don't we don't know how that's going to play out. But I think so far, you know, I could be wrong. It's very early in the offseason. I tend to think the general narrative and play that the Jets are going to, what they're going to push out going into this offseason. And it's not wrong in some ways. It's just bad timing with how some of this stuff lines up is that this is a multi-year process. This is going to be an incremental build. Uh, they are not going all in to be contenders this year. And really 2021 or 2022 is the year that they think that's going to happen. And it's frustrating because myself and others are not convinced that this coaching staff, even when they get there after a few off seasons, will be able to get them over the hump. And I just wonder from a win-loss record standpoint, the Jets will have a better roster next year. I don't doubt that. The question is, how much better is it than last year? Are they that much better than the Bills and Dolphins who are also focusing on improving this year? New England will figure out something at quarterback and still be a tough team. So where do you fit in your division and can you win your divisional games? And then are you improved enough to handle a more, a likely more challenging schedule where, you know, you're not getting that game against the Bills backups. You're not getting two games against the tanking Dolphins. You're not getting a game against the, um, Steelers with Duck Hodges. Now, maybe you do end up with some of those games because someone gets hurt, but we already know the Jets, Kansas City, Seattle, San Francisco, Arizona now that has DeAndre Hopkins, uh, the Rams in LA, the Chargers, we don't know what's going to happen with their quarterback, the Broncos, we don't know if Drew Locke's going to be any good or not. Uh, We'll see how those games shake out, but have they improved enough to tread water or improve on that seven and nine record? And how will that be evaluated as success? And the most important thing kind of underlying this all, are they setting up Sam Darnold enough uh, to take a big step forward in year three? And it's good to see they're investing in the offensive line. I think that's going to continue and it will only make Darnold's life easier. Any addition of talent to the offense is a net positive because Sam's the most important person in the organization. And it's good that they're mindful of that uh, right now. Um, But he's going to need some more targets at receiver. You know, I don't know if the Jets are going to go crazy at receiver because they're going to have an opportunity to address it in day two of the NFL draft. And really, if they're doing it right on offense, Chris Herndon, Le'Veon Bell, and Ryan Griffin are going to be very actively involved in the passing game and chewing up a decent amount of targets, particularly Bell, uh, if they're doing that right. So I I don't know. Like if, If Robbie Anderson does walk... I think a lot of people are expecting the Jets to pivot to some massive veteran move. I don't know if that's going to happen. It may. Uh, and you're going to obviously want to round out the depth chart 
Uh, but they might just say, you know what? This draft class is loaded. We have three picks on day two. Maybe two of our three picks are going to go to that receiver group, and we're going to have a young crew uh, to grow with Darnold uh, and these offensive line pieces we put around him. So I think Jet fans at this point should be reasonably happy while being pragmatic. I think if you're saying the Jets have rebuilt their offensive line into one of the best lines in the league, I think you're exaggerating. If you think that they've made improvements, I think that's totally fair. Um, We'll see how some of these guys shake out. You know, it's going to be a risk, hypothetically, as of today, to bet that Fant, Lewis, and Van Routen are all going to stay healthy for 16 games and all be average to above average starters. Maybe you get that from one of the three of them or one and a half of the three of them. All three of them, probably not likely, but they aren't done adding yet. So we'll see how this shakes out. And uh, this will be a unit that will have more of a fighting chance than last year's unit did. Uh, when they were in a situation when they were playing guys like Brent Quali and Connor McDermott and Ryan Khalil, who were, you know, clearly in over their head. So, you know, one week in, pretty active, not that active. Uh, we'll be following up throughout the week to react to some of these different moves. This feed will have another episode uh, Thursday with a roundtable discussion with Dalvin, Dan, and Greg. Uh, unless something major happens before then, I'll hop on. For Badlands, Turn on the jets.podbean.com. $9.99, 12 months that covers you for. You get all 12 episodes currently on the feed. That's 12 hours of content without commercials or ads. Uh, and you'll get more episodes on that feed coming this week with Connor Rogers and myself, likely speaking with both Connor Hughes, Brandon Thorne, and we're working on a few other player interviews as well. Uh, some things that, you know, we were going to kind of stretch out a little bit over the offseason, but with the current situation. Uh, we'll probably do them quicker than we normally would. So check that out. I, I promise if you're a fan of this podcast or just a, a fan of the Jets in general, you will uh, you will enjoy those listens. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Stay safe out there. Please, please practice the necessary social distancing. Stay at home. Stay at home. Um, and hopefully, you know, we find a way to uh, work through this quicker than expected. But if not, we're just going to hunker down here and keep giving you things to be distracted by. Talk to everyone this week.